This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Hello, everyone from the Ohio Department of Agriculture. We are back cultivating convos this week. I'm Shelby Croft, and with me, as always, is Megan Harshbarger. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back and listening to our fun conversations. We've got a, an interesting topic yet again for you. Oh, man. Um, this this one today is it's sci-fi for this me. This is like a sci-fi, sci-fi thriller. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> Um, so we have with us plant health experts to talk about cicadas, um, but these are a different kind of cicada. We have Audra Sabo with us and Ryan Larrick. Thank you guys both for being here and discussing this sci-fi topic, I guess we'll say. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for letting us be on here. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. You guys, so um, whoever wants to take this question first, um, I guess our Audra will start with you. Um, tell me about what uh, we are about to experience in Ohio with these 17-year uh, cicadas. Yes, these are the periodical cicadas, and these happen to be the 17-year brood. And we also have annual cicadas in Ohio, so you might be used to seeing those. Those are green. They're, these periodical ones are going to be very similar. They're going to be black-bodied with some orange veination, and they are going to emerge out of the ground in masses. When you say masses, <laughs> define. <laughs> thousands upon thousands. So I think the most interesting part of this, and I had just shared with all of you before we started recording that some of my friends have, have already spotted this, but how they, they've been living underground for 17 years. Explain how they come up and out to begin with. So basically they will come out um, eventually it, the temperature about eight inches below the surface of the soil has to reach about 68 degrees. And about that time, that's when they'll start emerging. Usually it'll happen right after a nice warm rain comes through. Um, so basically right around May is when we're looking for them to actually start really emerging within the thousands upon thousands. And basically when they actually emerge, they'll try to find the tallest object they can climb up. Mostly it'll be trees. Sometimes it'll be the sides of houses and stuff like that. They'll climb up the side and they'll actually emerge from their larval stage pretty much into becoming an adult where they'll actually shed that skin. And that's when you find a lot of their casings is actually on the trees and stuff is those shed casings everywhere. And we're not just talking about, I mean, the, the fact that there will be a lot of them isn't the big deal here. It's the noise. Yeah. So they are very noisy, <laughs> very noisy insects where many people think of like grasshoppers and crickets that rub their wings and feet together to actually make noise. These, actually, these cicadas actually have a specialized structure on their body called a timble, a timble which is a thin drum-like membrane that has ribs in it. And it's essentially like when you have like a drinking straw and you move it back and forth real quick, one of those bendable drinking straws. And basically those clicks, every time you move it, that is what the cicada is doing in that timble. And every time it clicks, it makes a noise. And if you take a drinking straw, you can't get it as fast as a cicada can. They're, they are clicking real fast, about 1,000 beats per second almost. And basically, that is amplified by air cavity in their abdomen that actually amplifies it out, into, out, out of their body. It's really very loud. 
and a chorus of males singing for females, they can actually sound, you know, reach about the same sound level as a running lawnmower. What, wow. what a decibel did you say that was before, Ryan? It's, uh, I do believe it, they said about 108 decibels. Katie, can you play it for us? Do you have the sound? Oh, yeah. Okay, while I'm still here, I do have a question, guys. So these these cicadas have been hanging out for 17 years underground. Like, this is the same bug. Are they throwing parties? Like, what are they doing underground? I've got to know. <laughs> yeah, so they are eating. They have piercing, sucking mouth parts. So they don't have chewing mandibles like other insects we might think of. And they are going to be hanging out near the roots of trees and that's where they get their nutrients from. So uh, that's they're just gathering nutrients to build up enough energy to become an adult. And when they come out, um, they come out all together to kind of overwhelm some predators. And that's just a, a reproduction strategy that they use. So when they come out, they actually have enough energy to uh, go forth with all their activities that they don't necessarily need to eat. Um, they can eat the leaves, the juices from the leaves of our trees, but that's not gonna do any real damage to our trees. And really that's just getting uh, water for them. So yeah, they're they're throwing parties, hanging out underground for 17 years. The, I, this brood, this cohort, 17 years have been together and then they all I, come out. I feel like these are the most dramatic bugs ever. Like they're like, we're just gonna wait 17 years to come out. Then we're going to bother the crap out of everybody and then we'll die in like a month and like <laughs> we're all just going to die. Yeah, so right. they won't they won't be around long, guys, just till June, right? Or we think it's about 4 to 5 weeks uh, as soon as like they do mate and they breed, they will actually lay, the females will lay their eggs and essentially after they lay the eggs, they'll probably be around for a little bit longer than they'll slowly die. And one of the major benefits of them dying is actually when they fall to the ground a lot of wildlife will actually get a lot of protein eating their carcasses. But also at the same time, those bodies that aren't eating, they'll actually break down into the soil and actually help fertilize the topsoil around the trees. Wow, okay, well, good ben benefits from the cicadas. And I know uh, you had mentioned it's not just wildlife. Uh, we gotta watch out, our, our, our dogs are gonna snack on them, correct? <laughs> yeah, dogs especially, they will love to eat them. Um, they're allowed to eat them, just make sure that they don't eat a whole lot of them. And also, along with dogs, people will start eating them. Like I said earlier, we have seen a lot of really weird recipes like the cicada pizza, which that is still like the most mind boggling one that we actually like. There's a more atrocious. I like pineapple on pizza, but people are putting cicadas on pizza. So <laughs> I think I would, win right now. Would anyone here try a cicada pizza? I would. I absolutely would. Yeah, I'd try it once. Maybe yeah. a slice. Right? Yeah, I'd, I'd take a bite. Maybe. <laughs> like, I, feel like maybe I feel like maybe we should ask for everyone's best cicada recipes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. Oh, okay. So dogs are going to eat them. I'm a little nervous about my dog, Archie. He's small. So like when you say they, they can't eat a lot, like me, like how many? Um, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine with smaller dogs, maybe don't let them eat more than don't let them eat too Just many. Also, you want to kind of keep an eye on them too, because sometimes like the wings of the cicada might actually get caught in their throat. 
So you got to be careful on that one, too. Good Lord. I'm going to be watching my dog like a hawk. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you got? Drop it. <laughs> I know, as, as if my petunia doesn't eat enough already. We know <laughs> she's going to be out there foraging, foraging in the backyard. Oh, man. Okay, so we can expect monsters to crawl out of the ground. We can expect... Uh, <laughs> Very loud noises. And these things, um, Ryan, you mentioned before when we did an interview with you guys last week, um, they're clumsy flyers. They're very clumsy. They're not the most graceful flyers. They won't travel very far from where they emerge, but they are very clumsy and they'll actually fly into things. And oftentimes, especially within the city, there's not many trees. So many people might start freaking out like, why is this cicada landing on me? Like, are they going to drink my blood? Uh, people don't have, nobody has to worry about that. Basically, know. they're just landing on the tallest people. Uh, they're landing on the tallest thing they can find, which is mostly humans and cities and stuff. I, I found so many news articles that are related to the fact that, uh, don't worry, cicadas are not drinking their blood because human blood will make them sick. And I'm just, along the lines of, who was doing that research? Conspiracy <laughs> theories. <laughs> I know, how would they figure that out? <laughs> so... I, Oh, sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Just, just back to one thing, Audrey, you had touched on this. It, the cicadas are basically annoying. They're not harmful, correct? Right. Yeah, they're not harmful, and they're actually native. So they grew up here. They <clears throat> have adapted to other plants and animals here, and it's just a natural process. They have a longer life cycle, so we don't see them as often, but they are a native. And there's some other non-natives that we should be looking out for during the same time period. And one of those would be Asian longhorn beetle. So the adults are alive during this time and they are also clumsy flyers. It's a very big beetle, uh, inch and a half, uh, black shiny body with white spots. And you might see them flying clumsily around your maple trees, um, but their uh, larva actually lives inside the trees. So that's another one that we don't see the larval stage, but we would see the damage that they cause afterwards. Yeah, and we actually did um, a story, and Audra, you're in that story too, about Asian longhorn beetle. And um, for people listening, you can go to our ODA's YouTube page to watch that video. Um, if you see an Asian longhorn beetle, of course, report that to um, our plant health experts. And what about this cicada? Do people need to report that they've seen it, or are we just you know, going to live with them till June. <laughs> uh, basically, there is a lot of social media sites that do have the uh, hashtag BroadX. Yeah, if you use the hashtag BroadX or hashtag BroadX cicadas in social media, a lot of scientists will be keeping an eye out for that. They want to track the location where these cicadas are to see if they have moved any. I actually sent a map to you guys that actually showed like the historical sites where these cicadas have emerged. Yep. And the Broad X is actually one of the biggest broads within the United States. So there's 12 broads altogether. Broad X is our 10th and that we've currently have researched. And basically, this is the largest broad within the United States. And the historical range was a lot greater than it used to be. But you can still actually see great deals of where these, uh, these cicadas are. Uh, with uh, the hashtag Broad X will actually help with the recording. Also, iNaturalist will have recording for it as well, where you can actually record where you found these cicadas at. And it'll help scientists determine where they are, if they have moved over slightly or if they have shifted where they've been laying or stuff. And they're not just in Ohio, correct? No, they are in, God, they are all over. <laughs> Indiana, Kentucky, I think down through West Virginia. 
the map covers a large range for them. Any closing thoughts? Anything we didn't cover? Yeah, I'd just like to mention, uh, Ryan talked about how they come out of the ground and go to the nearest source that they can climb up. And sometimes that's people, sometimes that's trees. So one thing to be mindful for in our own yards is younger trees. You can net them. So you would cover the entire tree with a net and that would hopefully prevent the adult cicadas from landing on those leaves and doing any kind of feeding. Um, like I mentioned before, it probably won't do any lasting damage to an established tree, but a younger tree it might uh, do a little bit of harm to. So that's another thing to look out for during this time. Good to know. Thank you both uh, for being here and for giving us lots of interesting insight about these 17 year cicadas, which we can expect to see probably over the next um, couple of weeks. We've got to listen to this one more time. One more time. Okay, just had to get that out there. It's crazy. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> and thank you everyone uh, for joining us and be sure to keep an eye on our social media. We will have more information about uh, these cicadas uh, in the upcoming weeks. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you back here at Cultivating Convos next week. See ya. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.